you're trying to give them all the information without really sounding like, you know, you have no answers for them because a lot of it, we're just waiting and you can give them all the info you want, regurgitate all this stuff that comes out. But at the end of the day, if we don't have final guidance for how something works, it's hard to, to help them plan. From Ray and Associates Studio, this is Unsuitable, a management and financial services podcast for entrepreneurs, tenured business leaders, and others who are ready to look beyond the suit and tie culture for meaningful, measurable results. I'm Doug Hauser. On this weekly podcast, thought leaders and business professionals break down complicated and mundane topics and give you the tips and insight you actually need to grow as a leader while helping your organization to grow and thrive. If you haven't already, hit the subscribe button so you don't miss future episodes. And if you want access to even more information, show notes, and exclusive content, please visit our website at www.raycpa.com slash podcast and sign up for updates. Today, two Ray principals, Greg Spies and Melissa Dunkel, are going to talk about potential tax law changes, stimulus updates, and lingering issues from the CARES Act. Welcome to Unsuitable, Greg and Melissa. Thanks, Doug. Doug. Great to have you two on, as always. You're two of our our best and brightest uh, tax superstars. So appreciate you coming on to uh, enlighten us all further about some of the the changes that have gone on. I know both of you have probably done a a way deeper dive into the the latest uh, stimulus act and then you care to. I know, Greg, particularly, you've had a lot of broadcasts here uh, recently. But um, Melissa, why don't you start us off, give us a, maybe a high-level update in, in yeah. terms of some of what has come down the pike here recently. Sure. I mean, you know, Doug, like you've said and that we've talked about, I don't know, what feels like every day, you know, the changes are nothing short of constant. (laughs) Um, And I feel like the whole year has really been a whirlwind of, okay, what new thing happened today that we all have to read about and and digest and figure out how to apply. Um, So obviously there's been a lot of discussion recently with PPP and, and ERC. And I know between you and Greg, you both, like you said, have done so many webinars and podcasts and discussions of those two topics alone. You could you know, probably fill a day's worth of recordings just on that. I think the, you know, the main thing with the PPP, the good thing there from the first round perspective is the deductibility of the expenses and that the income isn't isn't taxable. So I think for many of our clients, they had a deep uh, sigh of relief when when that came around to just think about the tax consequence of, of that not happening was making a lot of people a little nervous, a little uncomfortable. So that that was a big one. That was a good thing. And then now all of the round two funding fun that gets to start again, which will continue to, you know, say, hey, talk to Doug for, for those questions and, and field those. But, you know, I think just like you, it, it seems like every week, if not every day, there's a new article about here's what the SBA is doing now. So that stuff definitely keeps us on our toes to stay on top of. ERC that, you know, like Greg talked about yesterday. Good job, Greg, for for that webinar. So if you missed it, I think it'll be on demand. Put that little plug in here, plug in here soon. So, you know, that was good in terms of clarifying some things from previous and 
in that they really expanded it, right? The ability to now ret retroactively go back if, if you qualify and all things considered to get some, some credits related to 2020 and then looking forward into 2021 if clients qualify. So nothing short of, of additional work for, for there to be done to help determine is there extra funds out there that clients thought they weren't going to be able to get to get now. Yeah. Um, I think those are the two big things we've really just been talking about a lot lately. Well, and that's, you bring up a great point there, um, Melissa. And, and for those that don't know, ERC is employee retention credit, which was part of the, the uh, stimulus that, that's been passed. But Greg, that, that brings up a great point. You know, you've done a deep dive into some of the ERC stuff. You know, I've spent a lot of time with PPP. We've got other experts around the firm in, in all these different topics. I couldn't imagine trying to tackle all of this alone or just with a, a small group. So talk about the interplay maybe we've had as a, as a firm in terms of getting everybody together to try to get the right resources uh, involved for a client. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, I've been thinking a lot lately about how, how much we've seen in this last year. And really the theme of 2020 was uncertainty for me. You know, we were sitting here at this time last year and we had no idea what was about to unfold, really. So, you know, heading into one of the more difficult, busy seasons we've had in a long time, you know, starting with the initial passage of the CARES Act, which, you know, we were all probably a week removed from the office at that point and they passed that. So we were literally just all trying to take a deep dive and figuring out what it means for our clients. Meanwhile, it's, you know, the end of March, which is typically one of our busiest times of the year as we're gearing up for the tax deadline. So don't forget trying to figure out how Zoom worked in that whole process. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, exactly. Exactly. Can you so, hear me? Can you see me? Yeah. Yeah. Trying to work through those technical technological difficulties was, was uh, definitely a part of it. But um, I think, you know, I was really proud of my, my teammates here. I mean, Doug and Paul jumping right in on the PPP stuff because we really didn't have time to wait. You know, clients were asking questions and, you're just trying to be as fluid as possible. And when you get these massive, massive overhauls and, and, and tax code that's written into these stimulus bills, you know, there's a lot, a lot of unintended consequences and unanswered questions. So the, the way that we divided things up, we had a team internally here of tax folks like Melissa and I and, you know, a couple others that really dug into the tax provisions, the tax-related provisions of the CARES Act. Well, uh, Paul and Doug and his team you know, took on the PPP process and started putting webinar, webinars out to clients. And, you know, we started publishing some other material and basically just the theme was just contact your clients, have discussions with them and, you know, try to figure out what's going on in their business. I think that's been the best part is, is just collaborating across the firm and trying to get, you know, the right expertise involved. And we, we certainly have shown uh, we're not afraid of that. And, You've got to do it because I just couldn't imagine trying to, you know, tackle this and be an expert across. These are people forget these are the two largest stimulus packages in in our history, you know, <laughs> that, that have now been passed. So there's so much in, involved there. Melissa, maybe you can talk to us a little bit about what you see uh, as we move beyond these these two uh, stimulus packages that were past now that we're into a, a new administration, obviously very early on, too early to tell, but what are some of the things that, that you think will probably be addressed fairly early on, if any? You know, I, th I think a lot of the discussion has been around 
to your point, what's coming and, and when. And I think the when is probably, in my opinion, what we really don't know. My personal feeling, and, and Greg, I'm curious to see what you think. I'd be shocked if anything happened sooner rather than later, just because how can we be on the mend from this pandemic and you're pushing out funding and then, hey, we're going to increase taxes though too. You know, it just doesn't logically make sense. I think an increase is goes without saying. I don't know how, unless something, of, of everything we've read, unless something changes, I don't know how an increase in taxes isn't coming down the road. And I think the interesting part will be how similar is it to what was originally kind of in Biden's plan and the proposals versus what actually gets enacted. So he, he, you know, he pushed a lot and talked a lot about this $400,000 threshold on the individual side. That seems to kind of be the, the sweet spot of where some of these provisions come into play, whether that's, you know, tax bracket changes or additional tax on high income earners or the the removal of the qualified business income deduction, all that seems to hit around that 400,000 for, for individuals. And then on, on the corporation side, you know, right now, the nice benefit for C-Corps is that flat 21% that, you know, if that changes, they really haven't had that all that long, but at the most, it looks like maybe it'd go up to 28%. So I'm, I'm curious, just like everybody else, how, how much of those things that were, outlined are really going to be the things that change. And Greg, I don't know if you have kind of, what are your thoughts on all that too? Yeah, I I completely agree. Um, I think the incoming administration is going to have a lot on the plate uh, right away. You know, the the first hundred days talked about a new, another stimulus package, which I believe we might get some details on today as we're recording this. And then also obviously dealing with the vaccine distribution and, and, the pandemic itself from that end and also getting his cabinet in place. So there's going to be a lot to do and a lot for Congress to handle to pass any major, you know, tax law in the near future. Um, you know, everything I'm reading says you're looking at probably later this spring or even in into summer before that gets addressed, at least, you know, in its entirety, because as we know through some of these stimulus bills, you might tuck in one or two little provisions here and there that, that do impact people. But um, as far as like a broader tax plan, it's probably not going to happen until later this year. Yeah, that's, that's a great point. And I think oftentimes too, and I'll, I'll date myself here a little bit, I, I go back a, a little more, uh, a little further than than either of the two of you. But, you know, despite whatever changes may be coming, you know, I think back to, you know, the Clinton administration, you know, the Bush administration, the Obama administration. I mean, the economy was generally very successful through all of these administrations doesn't mean we don't plan and adapt and do things. But I think sometimes there tends to be a little more circus around, oh my gosh, this is the kind of the, the end of the world. If, if we change a few of these provisions, it's, it's more around, you know, kind of the, the planning and how we can continue to be successful it doesn't necessarily mean that, oh my gosh, all economic activity is going to come to all, right? <laughs> right. But but it is surprising, um, you know, you get some of the reactions uh, that, that you see from uh, certain sectors and, and all that. Melissa, what what's one of the things that you find yourself doing when you talk to clients through this this period in terms of that, you know, trying to do projections and, and think ahead and, and kind of wrap 
their their heads around everything that's going on? What what do you try to preach to people when you're you when know you're I feel like I try to do both sides like conservatively here's worst case scenario worst case meaning you know taxes are going up and here's that impact to you and then and try to give them all all the facts so that they can make the most informed decision the the challenge that I feel like we have had for the past few years you know with the tax cuts and jobs act that changed beginning with 18, there were so many things that changed about the tax code because of that overhaul. And it was hard to plan because it was not timely, you know, things weren't timely enacted. And then you had these errors that then you were waiting for technical correction bills that never came around till the CARES Act. And so all these things were making it a little bit more challenging to plan, but still doable for the most part. And then you come into, you know, the, the CARES Act world and, and this past year, and you feel like a broken record of saying, well, we know this much, but we don't know this much. So if this happens, then this might happen. So if that's the case, then do that. You know, like you just feel like you're, you're trying to give them all the information without really sounding like, you know, you have no answers for them because right. a lot of it, we're just waiting and you can give them all the info you want regurgitate all this stuff that comes out at the end of the day, if we don't have final guidance for how something works, it's hard to, to help them plan. And sometimes more information than less can be confusing too. So I think back to all the PPP stuff with, you know, with you guys and, you know, for the longest time, well, it was eight weeks and then all of a sudden it was 24. And then you have people that applied early on and got funding. Well, if we knew it was going to be 24 weeks, I probably could have got more money and that, you know, you go through all this process and it's like, you can only make so many decisions with what you know today. And so is that how you're going to run your whole business? No, you, you've got to find that risk. I think that risk element that you're comfortable with, you know, I had a few discussions with clients on, well, if, if I'm going to be in that threshold of paying uh, capital gains at my ordinary income rates, if, you know, if, when that happens, if that happens, you know, should I, sell a bunch of stuff this year. And it's like, well, you know, I'm not going to tell you yes, because we don't know when that's going to happen, if it's going to happen. And if it happens in 2021, you know, so you're going to say, yeah, sell all this stuff this year, because that's going to be the best answer. Cause we don't know. Right. I think, you know, two things that I think of when it comes to that, you know, one, don't be paralyzed with your decision-making because we still have all these unknowns. And two, don't let necessarily the potential tax impact drive 100% of your decision-making, right? right? I mean, there's other considerations there. So Yeah, and there's certainly something to be said about if you owe tax, it's probably because you were in a position where you had a good good year or a good revenue stream. And and that's, I think, certainly better than the alternative. Yeah, feel feel good about that. Yeah. So, so Greg, what about from your perspective? What what are you seeing uh, in in conversations with with clients, uh, whether it's related to M and A activity or other planning and decision making? Has it has it changed uh, the outlook much? Uh, not too much. So, I mean, at the end of twenty twenty, the big uncertainty was the PPP expenses, and now that we got some uh, final rules on that, we can kind of move on and and really, you know 
drive into 2021 because you know most of my clients and Doug, you and I share a lot of clients are in uh, industries that uh, they had impacts from the pandemic, but it wasn't as severe as others. So you know, in large part, they've had decent years, and really they're looking to improve on that in 2021. So yeah, definitely a lot of questions around what might happen. You know, with the new administration or tax rates going up. Um, is now a good time to sell. Is now a good time to buy on the M&A side. Because some of the provisions would, would certainly impact that side of things. But like you said, yeah, I, I, I'm going to echo your comments here. It's, you really don't want the tax implications to be the driver. You know, you've got to make sure that it makes good business sense, whatever you want to do. And then, you know, have us on call along the way so we can help you do it in a tax-effective manner. But um, especially with those larger transactions. Uh, you know, I see, have seen a lot of M&A activity over the last year. So there's no shortage of that, but you want to make sure that at the end of the day, you know, you're doing it for good business reasons, solid business reasons, and then you can kind of structure the deal around that. Yeah, I think that's that's so vitally important. And if anything, I know in, in the construction segment, we've seen M&A activity, in fact, increase. I don't know if that's because the segment itself has done well, so it's relatively even more attractive than it was before. Or, you know, certainly banks are, are they still have a lot of capital and are willing to lend uh, to the, the right uh, successful businesses. So there's a lot of positives, yet there's also a lot of negative things that have impacted uh, certainly industries and businesses adversely. So Melissa, how do you balance that? It's it's so unlike, obviously, what we've seen before. You've got folks that are, you know, have, have continued to be very successful and, and others that, you know, have, have suffered. And, and how do you, you know, kind of balance that that whole outlook when, when you're uh, talking to clients and, and trying to help them plan and, and think ahead just, you know, with all these unknowns? You really do have to sort of compartmentalize the conversations because like, like you said, some industries are doing great. And even, even within the industry, you may have pockets of, depending on their specialty, you know, some are doing better than others. But, but then when you look just across, at least like my client base, it does vary. You have those that are in that retail space that they are struggling. They're trying to adapt and they're trying to find ways to, you know, keep customers, get new customers, be innovative, um, think of new ways to reach people because that foot traffic is just not there. And, and it's hard to say when it is going to, you know, effectively come back to normal. So those conversations are around cash flow and ways to save money and ways to save on taxes and, and to do things differently and not, you know, maybe splurge on some of the things they were doing in the past. Whereas then you're looking at on the flip side, clients that are doing okay and they cash flow is good and, and their business is good and they don't see that changing in the next, you know, 12 to 24 months. So from there, you're looking at, okay, what I have all this extra cash. What should I do with it? Is is there are there things I should be doing, putting back into the business, investing in other ways, um, planning accordingly? So the conversations are very different and you really just have to to understand each person's business probably better than you have in the past because it, there's it's not the same cycle that it that it has been it's it's a little more unpredictable yeah i think that's a great point it's, it's taking that time to to do that um greg from your perspective what are still some of the most 
pressing or unknown lingering issues out of the some of this the CARES Act and the follow-on stimulus. Yeah, so we've talked about this recently in our webinars with the, the follow-up stimulus here that we just got. Um, the ERC interplay with the PPP loans is one of the big things that we'll be working through with clients. A lot of that is uh, forward-looking as we look at some of the enhancements to this credit and who is actually qualified for it and whether or not you know it's, it makes sense to go after the PPP 2.0 uh, funding. So that's one thing that I think a lot of us are looking at right now. Um, you know, there's definitely other things that have kind of carried over from the CARES Act. We still have a, a five-year NOL carryback available for 2020. So, um, you know, as Melissa mentioned, some of our clients are struggling a little bit for cash flow, and that's really all the provisions of the CARES Act and these other stimulus bills uh, from the tax side have really just been centered around increasing cash flow in the way of credits you know, the funding through the PPP, but then also carry back claims and, and other things like that. So it's almost, you know, it is a case by case basis. But at the end of the day, we have a lot of clients that are doing well that we're doing traditional type tax planning for and trying to plan for, you know, what might come down the pipe. But then we also have clients that are doing as well. So we can take advantage of some of these new provisions and the CARES Act that can help them improve their cash flow and get through, you know, to the other side of this. Yeah. And you just, and you think through all of the kind of the unintended consequences with, with this too, for example, with COVID, um, you know, so many more people working from home or a hybrid model, we haven't seen really the fallout yet from say the municipal level where, you know, taxes continue to be paid and withheld for folks based on, you know, where their office quote unquote was, you know, how does that all play out? I mean, unknowns like that. Have you, have you heard any, anything along those lines, Melissa? I know there's probably going to be all kinds of litigation and stuff as it relates to that. The last time I was talking with Joe Pop and Luke in our state and local tax group, they, they were following a, a potential case with that, you know, that exact issue, because you think about for the longest time, you know, businesses withhold, you know, when we're talking about Ohio yep. for, for our city purposes, you know, they withhold where you work, where your primary place of, of work is. And so like for us, that's, that's Dublin. And, but I, you know, I live in Columbus, which is a different tax rate. So then you think about how that affects people. And well, if, if I'm using my home as my main office location and, you know, don't I want my withholding to reflect that and, you know, or whatever else. So I could definitely see where it becomes a, an issue and people argue it, you know, one way or the other, and it'll be interesting. I haven't heard anything recently, if anything has changed or closer to changing, but Greg, I don't know if you have either. No, I haven't either. I, I was just going to say, I think, you know, that's a top topic for an entirely different podcast <laughs> there, right. um, the state and local implications of all right. this. As, as states are struggling for, for funding, they're going to, you know, implement new taxes and, and change mm -hmm. the things around. And obviously, they don't have to follow all the federal rules that we're getting through the CARES Act and other things like that. So it just raises a whole host of other questions. It's just this cascading effect. And you can imagine the the impact to municipalities and, and their, their funding yep. and, and all of those things. And, you know, we're just really kind of tip of the iceberg, I guess, is the point with all this. And I think, you know, even like the, in Ohio, the BWC, the Bureau of Workers Comp, all these, the, you know, it's huge dividend, 370% dividend right. that 
they gave back in uh, December. Well, I was on a Ohio Society CPAs thing earlier today, and I didn't realize this. Maybe you guys, it's certainly more your area, but that dividend will now be uh, part of the cat tax, you know, for folks. So it's like, all right, you got this nice, huge windfall, but oh, guess right. what? There's going to be tax on it, you know? Right. So yeah. stuff like that, it's just, I, I, I can't, can't even follow it. No, and, and that's a good point because I know for one of, uh, for one of my clients, when I was looking at stuff, you know, in talking with, with the state and local team, Ohio sounds like they're following the rules of PVP and the expense deductibility, but that's not across all the states right now. Um, I don't know if eventually that will be the plan, but, you know, some of the states I was looking at, they had not passed anything to follow suit. So then as we're trying to plan for, you know, fourth quarter estimates and whatnot, you have some that are proportionately higher because of that, just to be conservative. We don't know if they're going to allow the deductibility or not. Yeah. I guess that, you know, for me, it's, I got to call the experts, you know, that's why we yeah. call you guys. <laughs> and then that's why we call Joe Pop. <laughs> <laughs> right. right. Well, let's, um, we'll get a, a wrap up comment from each of you here. Greg, what, if you want to leave our, our audience with one theme for, for 2021, what would, what would that be at this point? Uh, I would say just be patient. You know, the rules are going to continue to to unfold as we go through a uh, busy season, you know, stay in contact with your advisors and, um, you know, we're going to closely monitor what's coming out, but it's likely to change by the day. So it's something like we're all kind of working through together. And, you know, I think at the end of the day, we'll, we'll try to do what's best for each individual situation. Sage advice for sure. Uh, Melissa, what about you? If you've got a, an overarching theme, yeah, I mean, I, Greg, I like yours. I like the be, the be patient one um, a lot because I think you're right. It's the wealth of information to come that I don't think has ended. And, you know, I, I've always liked the phrase of just kind of get comfortable with being uncomfortable because I think the last year and this year, if nothing else, they will continue to be uncomfortable for people. And I guess it, I hope it can't get any worse. <laughs> <laughs> don't say that, Melissa, please. <laughs> Please. It can only go up from here. That's my that's my positive thinking for the day. Uh, I hope so. You know, my I guess my theme is always I I like it when our, our clients when we get our advisors and their advisors all together, not not just us, but you know, financing provider. Uh, you know, if they if they have a financial advisor, um, you know, all these things. I think when we and now in the world of Zoom and all this, it's so much easier than ever before to do that. Get everybody together because we all have different perspectives, different yeah. ideas and can help the client from, from all angles. So uh, that's, that's what, uh, that's the message for the day, at least from, from me. So yeah, I completely agree with that. Well, Melissa and Greg, it's so great to have you on as always and, and really appreciate your insight. And I'm sure we'll have you on again as we, hopefully get more clarity as things move forward and not less. More rules. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I guess that's not going to change, is it? No. Nope. <laughs> no. Well, thanks again to both of you. And uh, if you want more business tips and insight or to hear previous episodes of Unsuitable, please visit our podcast page at www.raycpa.com slash podcast. And while you're there, sign up for exclusive content and show notes. Thanks for listening to this week's show. Be sure to subscribe to Unsuitable on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you're listening to us right now, including YouTube. 
I'm Doug Hauser. Join us next week for another unsuitable interview from an industry professional. The views expressed on Unsuitable on Ray Radio are our own and do not necessarily reflect the views of Ray and Associates. The podcast is for informational and educational purposes only and is not intended to replace the professional advice you would receive elsewhere. Consult with a trusted advisor about your unique situation so they can expertly guide you to the best solution for your specific circumstance. 